the couch gm podcast my name is ryan parker and i'm joined as always by matt chamberlain how's it going matt good we got a little layoff here well rested yeah we took another little brawn week yeah it's the off season it's the off season maybe we took a devin booker like week oof you know what i mean just not got show him. up to anything important at all hey, did you guys scrimmage with joe Kim noah no oh i mean i maybe i did because i was playing up at the rec center <laughs> maybe i got a close glimpse into it uh anyway this is episode 50 matt Woo! halfway to 100 halfway to 100 it's almost been a full year for us uh you're gonna want to follow us on twitter though at nba couch jam pod and find us on instagram as well uh find us on apple Podcasts, spotify google play and stitcher if you haven't already and uh give us a rating if you would we'd greatly appreciate that a quick recap of episode 49. We talked about some football. Football. We did football instead of basketball. We, we a long-anticipated episode for some people. Other people are probably not so much, but some people. Uh, we, went, we went and talked the, uh, predicted the Power Five and the NCAA uh, conference winners and gave our playoff predictions there and then talked about conference or division winners and then... Uh, Gave our Super Bowl contenders in the NFL. It was a fun podcast. It was. It was good. It was a nice mix-up. We'll do a check-in here in September at some point. It's not going great so far. <laughs> it's not. No, a, a lot of what we thought turns out not not right. Nope. Pittsburgh, not as good as we thought. Not as good as we thought is an understatement. <laughs> Matt, let's talk about the NBA, though. What happened in this week? So, just a little bit of news here. Just throwing this out here. Um news from today actually monday is that markel fultz got his option picked up for the 2021 20 yeah 2020 2021 season by orlando so he's essentially on a two-year deal right now um to prove he's an nba player i mean that's what you do if you're orlando like you trade for this dude you're not gonna not pick up his option i mean unless you like see him play like they picked it up pretty early um honestly saw him playing they're like nope we out um because it is for like 12 million dollars but on some level, what is Orlando spending the money on anyway? Right. So, you know, go ahead and just throw it out there and say, like, look, this is our confidence. Just gesture towards you. Make us look intelligent here. Please. Um, <laughs> so we'll see if it works. Um, but essentially, he's got a two-year NBA tryout now. Uh, other news, we'll, we'll keep on players for a minute. Sean Livingston retires, probably for the best. Shout out Sean Livingston, because who thought that dude would ever walk again? Yeah. And now he won a few rings and he gets to go out his way. Um, I I don't know if he honestly was really getting any looks for the upcoming season. My guess is probably not. It's probably a good thing he retired before anything else happened with him. But just shout out to that dude. That dude had like a remarkable career. Yeah, amazing. Just like story of coming back and finding kind of his niche, right? Like yeah. as a backup point guard. Really awesome guy. Yeah um next one joe johnson the pistons hooking up on a partially guaranteed one-year deal after joe johnson going up and lighting up the big three which did you watch any big three basketball ryan uh no i watched the highlights because <laughs> who's watching a game um the four-point plays were crazy that's cool though that is cool um yeah he was the mvp of it i'm pretty sure his team won the championship again i don't know i just follow it on twitter um <laughs> or, or see people tweet it out uh, so that's cool that he's getting another shot because if he if he can be like the ninth or tenth guy, that dude can hit shots in the NBA still. I so Joe. That's a hundred percent certain. So if he's coming in and playing ten minutes a game for Detroit and giving them eight points on four for seven shooting, there it is, money. Uh, that's all I'm looking for. Yeah. But super cool because Joe Johnson was one of my favorite players growing up as an Arkansas kid. Mm. So you know he he's representing. Um, and last bit of news. Team USA didn't do well in FIBA, uh, finished seventh. Ryan, do we care? Uh, whatever. We'll probably win the Olympics when like yeah. all the big big people show up when, and play. When real players play. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't care. I don't think we should really care. Cool for, cool for Spain. Cool yeah. for Mark Gasol. Um, yeah. Winning a, a chip and then going out and winning this with Spain too. Um, but like otherwise, like, eh. It's really neat for me to see like young players – playing 
semi-competitive basketball yeah. this offseason and like trying to get better, whether that's for USA or another squad like uh, Frank Nielakita out in France or, or whatever. But like, otherwise, I just don't really care. Um, I feel like tournament. Frankie Smokes was like trending there on Twitter for a second because um, he looked good. So uh, that's a separate conversation though <laughs> about the the Knicks and we're not we don't need to get into the Knicks yet. They'll get their time. They'll get plenty of time um, <laughs> this year on our pod. So that's the NBA news for the last couple weeks. All right. Well, this is going to kind of differ a little bit because Matt usually is the intelligent one behind the podcast, is the brains behind the operation, right? He puts together our outlines and uh, uh, is really smart about that. But I came up with a little little game for Matt. Okay. Pick his brain. Is this a money game? Yeah. I mean, if you want it to be. Okay. <laughs> Not- kind of a monopoly money, but all right. Yeah. yeah. You can put your $200 on get out of jail or whatever you need to do. <laughs> monopoly sucks. But um, so... I've come out with this game called This or That. Um, so essentially, I'm giving Matt two different scenarios. And uh, as a pretend NBA GM, mm. he has to decide between those scenarios. He has to pick one. Uh, but we'll discuss it afterwards. But whatever the scenarios, uh, he inherits that, that situation as it is now in 2019. So injuries, contracts... Whatever that may be, right? Mm, so, okay. um, if I bring up, let's say, like the Minnesota Timberwolves, and like we're talking about Anthony or Andrew Wiggins, excuse me, you can't like project. Well, you can project into the future, but you're not like saying you don't have magic wand to say like Andrew Wiggins is a superstar. Yeah, he's figured it out. Yeah, not that kind of thing. So, with that context, I've got kind of uh, different sections. This first section here is all about teams okay. and uh, which GM you would rather be. Okay. And I have not looked at these ahead of time. so This is going to be fun for this you, This is I off think. the wall. This one just sucks either way. Okay. Start off the bat. Washington Wizards or Phoenix Suns for this Ooh. season? Ooh, yikes. Um, this one's actually easier to me. I'm going Phoenix. Really? Like, okay. Yeah. Um, Washington sucks, <laughs> but you wouldn't you wouldn't want the star to potentially trade away to get a lot of assets for. Wait, don't I have Devin Booker? I mean, Devin Booker is committed in, right? So, obviously, I like Bradley Beal yeah. more than I like Devin Booker. Like that's just straight up. Now, do I think the Suns have pieces though, like DeAndre Ayton, which he gets flack, he should get flack. But there is something there. They're like very legit something there. Got Saric. Like, I I kind of like what they have going on. Rubio, we signed him. I can use him as a trade piece. Like, yeah. they're like, it's not an impossible contract, three-year deal. I can start trading him in December. No big deal. He doesn't have a, uh, unless it's negotiated in that I'm not aware of as the incoming GM. <laughs> um, there's like no, uh, no trade clause in there because it's a three-year deal. So like, pretty okay with this actually um for the sake of this conversation now washington like okay we have beal yes <laughs> um i'm trying to figure out what else we have here you though. have injured john wall um because we don't even have like kelly Oubre anymore nope. like we we got injured john wall yeah and that unbearable contract um i don't like the young guys on this team in in yeah. particular whether it's troy brown from last year Rui Hachimura from this year. Yep. I guess that kind of also goes for the Suns, though. Um, <laughs> yikes. Yeah, I just don't see a lot I can build with in Washington. I mean, either way, you're essentially tanking with this team, right? It's essentially yes. like, a, what culture do you want to put in place? N- not Washington. Not Washington. Yeah, just straight up not Washington. Um, I think I, I say that knowing they... I, I've seen them for years just be unsuccessful. Yeah. And really, if it wasn't for getting Wall and Beal in the draft, which were, to me, like very obvious picks. Like, there was not a lot of thinking that went into right. those picks. And the fact that, like, they actually kind of worked together, even though, really, they were just the two that were there at those spots that were the best pick. They just happened to work together. Because sometimes you don't always get that, um, where the guys work out just liking each other. So, like, outside of that, I'm not really sure what Washington's done 
yeah. well. Um, whereas with Phoenix, like, it's been down the last couple years, obviously, but, like, there were moments of up. And they're mixing in the last five or so years. It just, it seems like their front office has always been, like, back and forth of, are we trying to tank? Are we trying to win? We accidentally won, so let's go for it. Oh, wait, we're tanking again. <laughs> so if I'm coming in as GM, I would like to think that I would have some say of what direction right. are we going. Right. And I could pick that direction, and it's at least semi-competitive this year. My, my goal for this team would be 33 wins, and I feel like that's realistic. Yeah. So whereas Washington, I'm like, I'm trying to tank. And yeah. I just don't really want to do You need that. a number one pick, essentially. Yes, you do. You very much do. <sighs> That's fair. Um, this next one is going to be for next season. Mm. So, Dallas Mavericks or Memphis Grizzlies for next season? Okay. Dallas or Memphis? Um, I'm thinking Dallas... But that is contingent upon Kristaps seeming healthy slash relatively good this year. We can assume positive okay, health. Okay, if we're assuming positive health, then I'm assuming Kristaps is going for 24 yeah. a game and looking fantastic. And to me, I'm just really not going to overthink this one. Luca should have been the number one pick last year. Yeah. John Morant, he's a solid number two pick this year, but he's still like... Even if you want to have the Luca Zion debate, like John Morant would still be tiered behind Luca. Yeah. So in terms of just wing ball handler, Memphis and then Bigs, I see Kristaps versus Jaron Jackson Jr. As if we're assuming good health, and we would assume so since the previous GM in Dallas just gave Kristaps a five-year, hundred fifty million dollar deal. <laughs> um, I the answer is Kristaps. Like it, it's very clearly Kristaps. Yeah. Now I'm not saying Jaron Jackson Jr. couldn't get there. Right. But like that's to me the very obvious pick. I don't really care for either team's supporting cast. Um yeah. just straight up. So yeah, we just need to do a full rebuild on that end. <laughs> but if I'm trying to by next season, if my goal is like forty five wins, so I have a season and then a season to build on top of it and I'm looking to at least push for eight seed at least, then I'm going Dallas. I'm not looking too long-term. I'm not looking four years to be semi-competitive. Yeah, I think that's kind of the crux of the argument right there. Either team you want to go with, it's like, which young player takes the biggest next step? Is Luka going to take this gigantic MVP-level step in the next two seasons? Yes. Which we believe he is. Is John Morant going to be able to close the gap between, let's say, him and like Trey Young? Something like that. And that's hard to project. Into two I, seasons. I honestly would feel better about Luca becoming an all-star in the next two years than I would about John Morant ranking. Or even Deer and Fox yeah. might be a fair comparison. Yeah, I like Fox more than I like Trey Young. Um, but that's an aside. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, w- I feel better about that than I do saying John Morant is going to be Trey Young-esque level in the next two years. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I like, I think what you talked about there with the Spartan cast, like both of them suck. So you're not like, it's really just which yeah. young group do you prefer? Yeah. I think of all like those weird middling deals that they have, I think I like Dallas's more, but I like, that's not a great thing, but there's tradable numbers there also. Whereas in Memphis, I, who wants these guys? <laughs> I mean, is Andre, Memphis doesn't want them. Andre Iguodala, like the best trade asset Memphis has. Yes, and, and that's not old. good. No, so that's why. Yeah, if I even want to try and rebuild the the side pieces, I feel like the tradable deals are more in Dallas. Yeah, yeah. So next one, this is going to be kind of an interesting because the players we'll be talking about will be mostly going to the second, and third year. But New Orleans Pelicans or Atlanta Hawks for next season. Mm. So again, assuming positive health. So the twenty twenty. 2021 season um shoot new orleans yeah yeah just new got orleans. reaction to um, new orleans I that's think, what i think too i think the the reason is i have seen new orleans parts in action i think their parts are in a better situation now than they were in when they were with 
LA for the most part. Like Lonzo, I think this is gonna be a step up for him. Uh, Josh Hart, I think this is gonna be a step up from Brandon Ingram. I think this is gonna be a step up from him. Zion, period. Straight up. <laughs> there, there. Um, and then they have the best pro of, of either situation, which is Drew Holiday. Yep. So with that in mind, versus Atlanta, like I like Atlanta's young pieces. These two teams are like gonna be a very interesting case study for how do you build a franchise. Um, looking for the next like four or five years. Like I don't think there's a wrong answer on this one particularly. Um, I'll just say that. But with New Orleans, I just seem to like what they have. And I like their draft this year, even like their lower picks, like Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Like, I'm a fan. I've just, they completely revamped the roster. They traded a pick to get Derek Favors. Like they've just completely revamped what they've, what they've had. I think it fits the coach, which on some level, like this team is committed to the coach. Yeah. I like Alvin Gentry. I like his system. So I'll, I'll tend to go with it. Also, still trying to figure out if uh, Coach Lloyd down in Atlanta, what kind of a coach is he? Right. Because before, it's just let Trey Young fire. But now, okay, you kind of have to build something. And I just don't know if that's his thing. Yeah. I mean, that it's kind of like the, like you nailed it on the head there. Like, it's like the potential for like what we know what is, right? Because mm-hmm. the opposite side of potential is a whole bunch of bad mm-hmm. <laughs> uh like we've seen with um, many other players in the nba and the atlanta hawks well we all like to assume high potential could end up bottoming out and that's just the reality and like new orleans has less of that yes and even like if for example lonzo struggles i i still bet there's someone out there for him mm-hmm. like if brandon ingham struggles I still think there's someone out there to take another shot on him. Yeah. Like there's, there's just those guys out there. Now you are having to make contract decisions a little earlier on them compared to the Atlanta guys. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Um, I would rather be in a position to see, have some background experience on what they are, see them still for a year or two and then make a decision. than just hope that these new guys either in their first or second year are going to pan out. Right. Right. So this is going to be, uh, you're going to have to remove your Boston colored glasses for this one. Okay. Uh, and this is going to be a hard one to predict because even like, like the, predicting the NBA season out is hard. So fill your Boston for two seasons from now. So and I think the question here is like, where the heck is everyone? <laughs> is Al Horford still around? Is Bill, Ben Simmons still around? Not Bill Simmons. Uh, ben Simmons still around. What about... Uh, Tatum Brown, those kind of pieces. Yeah. Oh. Um. So, I. So in this situation, am I not inheriting this team till twenty twenty one, or am I inheriting it now? So, like, let's say Danny Ainge gets fired in twenty twenty one. Okay, and then and I step you in. Ste- you but I have hired. to make my decision now. Yeah. Okay. Woo. Um. I'm assuming honestly, Jalen's not around. Okay. I'm assuming Jalen Brown's not around. Um, Tatum's still there. By that point, Hayward would be off the books. Yeah. So there you go. There's some money. Um, you still have Kemba. Yep, still have Kemba. Marcus is still under contract. So still have the young guys. That's really it. That's all that would be there on that roster. Um, and whatever draft picks we have coming in the next couple of years. Philly, though, we locked up Ben Simmons. Yep. So I'm assuming he's still there because that, that would leave – what three four years left on his deal still signed an extension uh you would know what ben simmons is by the way we would know it's that contract tradable though if (laughs) If if it's not goes the other way right yeah um Embiid still there but older at that point horford getting into what the last year of his contract there yeah he he's up there then um got like two years left Man, and then you're banking on, like, Thibault or someone like Zaire Smith working out. Like, you really are. Or them somehow figuring out some cap, which not sure how they're going to do that either. Woo, yikes. It's a, hard, it's a hard one when you both look at if these you teams. Wanna, if you want to walk into stars, then... Because even, like, Josh Richardson, he's not going to be there in 2021, 2022 because right, right. he had a player option that year for $11 million. He's opting out of that. Right. We all know he is. So like there's really just four guys under contract, Simmons, Embiid, Horford, Harris, and then Smith and Thibel are in their last year of team deal or in their team deal years. So like you have six guys 
I have no idea if Zaire Smith can play like basketball. <laughs> like we have up. no idea. Like just yeah, consistently. Matisse Thybul, I don't know. Like I like him, but like I don't love him by any means. He's just like a backup to me in the NBA. Boston though, their current cap, they only got sixty two million dollars on the books for twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two. It's Walker, Smart, and the rookies. Let's say Tatum gets paid. Okay, we're only at like 90. 90 at most Yeah. at that point. Maybe 85. So, man, I, w- I would rather be able to build. So, in the least biased way possible, Boston. Because Philly, like, you could just be train wrecked as a GM trying to negotiate. I mean, like, you could be very deals. much in a... In a- Houston situation what they're in now they're very much cap thought they yeah. don't really have a lot of freedom of movement and so you're just like trading just attaching all the future assets right. and I really don't want to get into that assuming if I'm taking a GM job I'm there for like four or five years right you're right. probably not, not making not sh- it very long especially in Philly yeah so like if you're having to do that just to get pieces because Horford sucks by then yeah and Embiid's knees are shot like <laughs> I'm just kind of assuming by that point. Um, they may not be, but he's tw- he'll be like 27, 28 by that time. Um, I just I don't want to get into that. So I'm going to go Boston knowing there's a lot more work to do. But if we're paying, by that point, Tatum $28 million a year, that tells me like Tatum has taken it, the jump like yeah. people have wanted him to take. Right. And I can build with Kimba, Tatum, and then hopefully you just one of these young guys have kind of hit also. And I'll, like forty million in cap room, right? Let alone going into the tax. So I'd rather be there. Yeah, I think there's another question tied in there is like tax or no tax. Yeah, and, and that's all situational. But uh, by that time, though, Philly could be so in the repeater tax. It could that be bad. We get into like the classic, like okay, I don't care. We just need to get under the tax from right. ownership, and because like they're at one. 27 right now so they're over the cap for this season scheduled to be at about 149 in the following two seasons and even the year after that they're already penciled in for 138 like they're just straight up already locked into being over the cap for this year and three more right like man that repeater tax is gonna be hitting heavy as you know as a thunder fan yeah man like the, the bill comes due at some point yeah and ownership's like if they haven't won either it's like, gonna. There's gonna be some serious pressure there on the GM so. to to get under the tax. Yeah. So now we're wrapped up with teams. I think there's some fun conversations yeah, there, there to be. Um, so now we're gonna talk about players. And now there's two sections of players. There's gonna be duos and just straight up player on player versus player. Okay. Uh, so first one, and we've talked about this a little off air before. De'Aaron Fox or Jamal Murray. Ooh. Um. So you have to include. Jamal Murray's new extension that he got, but you also have to consider that you're going to have to pay Fox probably that at some point. Yeah, like that deal. Right. Which, I don't mind. Um, what is it, five for, is this 150? Like five, 150 yeah. potential um, for up to 170, depending on how some things go. Um, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't mind having to pay him that. So, like, to me, I'm using that as a non, semi-non-factor. Okay. So... Like, cause there is some level of like, ah, oh, man, paying this guy money. If anything, I feel worse about paying it to Jamal Murray okay. than I do De'Aaron Fox, and I think that's kind of an indicator of where I am with them yeah, in general. Yeah, I was then. about to say you'd, uh, you'd be leaning Fox then. Yeah, like I know De'Aaron Fox has played like one less season, like eighty less games. So I've I've seen more of Murray. I just I think if I'm a GM. I'm building a team. Um, this is, in some level, I'm viewing this as I'm building a team from semi scratch. Mm-hmm. On some level, I'm like, okay, let's just say like I had a team. I had four starters, and I just needed a point. I'm plugging in one of these guys, and it's just like a generic NBA team. Either way, I think about it. I think I'd prefer De'Aaron Fox, um, just because I saw very real growth from year one to year two, yeah. and Murray did also show growth from year one to year two but i feel like his was because he got more playing time and a looser leash yeah like he was just good 
like already and just needed more chances to prove it. And playing with Nikola Jokic like has very much helped him because I don't think Jamal Murray would be having the success he would be having without Nikola Jokic. That said, De'Aaron Fox took an equally big leap from year one to year two like Murray did, but he did not have Nikola Jokic, right. which is very, very different. He was playing with like Buddy. Harry Giles. Yeah. and Buddy Heald is maybe his best best teammate. Yeah, and I like Buddy Heald on some level. I bet that dude will get paid like $20 million a year. Oh, um, yeah. Plus, even, uh, whenever he, it's time for him to get a new contract. But that's not Nikola Jokic. So, with that said, honestly, I don't even know. Uh, he's, he's probably a little better than Paul Millsap. But, like, he's in, like, that Paul Millsap, Gary Harris mm. type of range yeah. still to me. And it's like, John Murray's had those guys plus Jokic. And he'll just had, or Fox just had healed. Right. And I like Bogdanovich. I, they just don't seem to play him a ton, ton. <laughs> And you maybe Bagley something, maybe not. At least he's probably just a good player. But like that didn't to me that none of that factored into Fox being significantly better. It was just Fox got significantly better. Like on his own, he's just like I'm gonna be a dude this year, and he went out and earned it. Yeah, I mean he flew up and down the floor like it yeah. was nothing. Like just the the way like they're both fast players, but I like the way Fox uses his more. I know Murray is more of like a shooter and that he takes like four or five a game. Fox was barely like hitting maybe three a game or taking three a game and at a 37% clip, but just not a ton of volume. So you do have that worry, but Fox creates points in other ways. Yeah. I just don't see Murray creating. So you can make the argument three is better than two. I get that. But at the same time, if Fox is able to get you seven extra easy layups whether for himself or a teammate versus murray's getting me an extra three threes i'll take seven layups versus three threes because math 14 is greater than nine nine yeah so like i think on some level like there is value in what fox does even though it's not always three point shooting like jamal murray in three years career high last year in assist at 4.8 De'Aaron fox last year in assist or two years ago, 4.4. This year, 7.3. Yeah, like big jump there. Yeah, big so like, jump. dude is a passer. Dude can find guys. Dude can make a team better. And he himself got better. I'm going to bet on his development, his trajectory, more than I am Murray's. Because I feel like if you put Fox in the Denver system, I would just be going bonkers. <laughs> would and Denver, I, like... Uh, would I they feel even good be, about Murray. Would but. they can be even, like... You know how people talk about, like, other teams being the one. Like, if Fox were there, like, it would be like, oh, my God, this is a wrap on the one. Could you imagine, like, him back-cutting off Jokic, like, having the ball at the top of the key? You couldn't, couldn't, like, play him tight at all. No. Like, you can't just be under all the time either because he's showing, like, I can catch and shoot. Right. So, like, maybe it's not as high as a clip as Murray. It's not running off the screens like Murray. That's fine. Like, Gary Harris and Will Barton do that. Like, let other guys who have that capability go do that and at worst he can stand on the wing and catch and shoot because Jokic will find you right i just think that's ultimately where i'm at with with those guys yeah i like it i'm, I'm more fox camp than i am murray i think i've kind of seen not like enough of murray like saying in a bad way but i think i've seen watch it enough jamal murray to say that i, I would prefer fox just the way he plays but i mean fox like you said benefits him that kind of doesn't have that extra year you yeah. don't have that like oh man this guy did does we, x y and z not as well he only has two seasons of that but anyways um we're moving on to some big men Ooh, Jokic or ad mm-hmm. um so do i have to factor in that i might be losing ad after the year yes okay uh that that's a big point because I think just on pure talent, I would lean Anthony Davis. Yeah. Uh, but I know I have Jokic locked up for years to come. Like, that is helpful. Let, let's, say, let's say Anthony Davis does the traditional wink-wink, nudge-nudge. Like you're I would you're sign- getting a two-plus-one. Yeah. Okay, so I got Anthony Davis on a two-plus-one after this year. Yeah. So I got him for three years. Okay, that that's helpful then. Yeah. Um, 
Because otherwise, I think I would just go with Jokic because I'm afraid if I just you, breathe you just in the wrong lose. direction, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah. gonna lose AD. Um, whew, I think so. I think this is Davis. I was like wondering, like, man, having a point Jokic is so fun, and the rebounding right. of Jokic is so fun. Anthony Davis can rebound. Just he can't. He can. He doesn't want to play the five. Fine, we'll <laughs> throw out someone, but he he can rebound. And I really think Anthony Davis can pass. It's not Nikola Jokic level passing because he's kind of on his own level there. But Anthony Davis can pass. So like, if you wanted to run that type of an offense, he could do it. Um, I would say reasonably well. Or he could just bring the ball to the court himself. Jokic can do that. Davis can do that. I would say I prefer Anthony Davis' three-point shooting. I would say I prefer Anthony Davis around the rim. Maybe Jokic has him on back downs, but I don't care about back downs. I'd, right. I'd rather have a lob threat. And that's Anthony Davis. And then defense, it's Davis. It's right. Davis nine times out of ten. Even though Jokic has gotten better. Yes. I, I will I will say that for Sneakily sure. He's a, better. He's a little bit younger than Davis. So like it's closer, but I think this one's Davis. Interesting thought exercise here. Who would be better like who does better by themselves? Like, we've kind of seen Anthony Davis by himself in New Orleans, essentially. But, like, what would Jokic look truly on his own? Like, no other Jamal Murray or any of those guys. Just kind of, like, fringe. Um, I feel like that kind of taps out around 40 or 45 wins. Yeah. Um, He'll make everyone better. He'll make everyone better around him. That's, like, 100% Jokic thing. But... I, I, I feel like he would get like forty just every year. Like yeah. he'd always like he'd be in like that Miami range, like thirty eight to forty wins every single year. Maybe there's a year where they hit forty five and like they make the playoffs. Like that's just where he is. Whereas Davis, it's like, yeah, one year he might get pissed off and you win thirty two, <laughs> but there's a year where also you go in forty eight and you get like the sixth seed just by himself. Yeah. So like I think I'll lean Davis because I assume I have reasonably good abilities to put good average average to good players around him and it's guys he enjoys so he doesn't get ultra pissed off. Yeah. So it's just kind of interesting. I don't know, it's one of those questions that we'll probably never have answered. Yeah. But like it's it's a fun thing to think about. Um this next one kind of another uh big situation going on here. Aaron Gordon or Blake Griffin? So this is really a youth argument. Yes. Here. It's like what what it what is like what is potential versus like what is. Yeah. So Aaron Gordon has played in the NBA for five years. Jeez, has it um, really been five years? Yeah, I think that first year, um yeah, he only played like forty seven games. Huh. Uh, so yes. He has gotten better. Um that that is true. I wish it would be significantly better. Um, oh, <laughs> uh, according to Basketball Reference, today is his birthday. Happy birthday, Aaron Gordon. Um, whereas Blake Griffin is thirty, turns thirty-one in March. So, woof. And you're Aaron, inheriting that Blake Griffin contract. Yeah, I would say Aaron Gordon's contract is okay. It's not. I would say it's like a steal, but it's like good. It's it's just a fine deal. Could be um, a fill, nice filler or something yes. like that in a trade. Still get someone to bite on Aaron Gordon being good. Um, yikes, man! Blake Griffin took such a step. Yeah, it, like that is hard to say. I don't think that's gonna work because it's really I'm betting on health. Also, he played 75 games this year. It's a lot of games. A lot of games. Played 58 last year. Played 61 the year before that. Um, played 35 the year before that, 67. Woof. Um, I'll take Aaron Gordon because I bet he'll play 70 plus games. I'm like 95% certain about that. Right. Also, I think there's like clear development to be had with him. And not that there's not with Blake, but like Aaron Gordon hit 35% from three on thir- four and a half attempts. So. I, I very much see something there. I think as long as I'm not asking him to do too much, he's a very good player. He's a good number three. Right. Blake Griffin has that still one or two potential, probably more of a two now. 
if that contract wasn't so bad, I would take Blake Griffin because of what he can give me over the next three years. Yeah. It's just, it just is what it is though. Right. And it's kind of tough because like, man, you get the right guys around Blake Griffin and you could be looking at a championship caliber team, but like on the flip side of that, you only have X amount of dollars to do that. Yeah. And and that's the, that's the thing. Uh, like both these teams are like, both these guys were like on playoff teams last year, but they got just annihilated both of them. And I don't know. I just think it's kind of an interesting, like these guys are kind of similar. I don't think yeah. Aaron Gordon has the potential to be what Blake Griffin is, but Kind of similar. Could it be eighty percent of Blake Griffin? And that's kind of interesting. Probably. In this today's NBA, if I that... can get Aaron Gordon to like play defense, that that would really elevate yeah. him. And I gotta assume at twenty four, like there's still that potential. Right. And I don't know, maybe not, but that's kind of where I'm at. If I can get him to play play defense, because that dude's like looks like he should be able to. He should be the perfect small ball four. I think he kind of sneaky has the potential this year to do the. Uh, Victor Oladipo development. Like that that jump. And just like out of nowhere, it's like, oh, this guy is really good. Oh, yeah. This, this guy plays basketball. And, and I think Aaron Gordon has maybe that this year. Maybe most improved player. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. That's a good take. Um, all right. Now we're going to get into duos. And this is, uh, we can do this rapid, rapid fire if you want. Just whatever you want. Yeah. Kyrie and Katie or PG and Kawhi? My note here is flat earth or nah. <laughs> um, is this a long term? Like the length, like this the duration is of the whenever Katie's healthy. Katie's healthy. Um, I still go PG Kawhi because I don't know what Katie is healthy and I'm just scarred by Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to throw that one in there just for fun. And this one's really just like a heart. Next one's a heartbreak for me. Harden and Westbrook or Dame and CJ. And I think this one's kind of a more interesting conversation. This then. one's actually a really good one. Wow. Um, I think Harden Westbrook, but I don't feel good about that at all. Yeah, I feel like it's a wash. I'm like 52% Harden Westbrook. And like, it sh- you feel like it should be skewed more way, more than the other, yeah. right? Like you're talking about two former MVPs versus guys who finally hit the western like finally won a playoff yeah like series this year yeah um but man dame is so good to me dame is better than westbrook so yeah that's my yeah. thing yeah yeah harden and dame i it's probably harden but if it is it's it's marginal it's close it is it's close now then you're getting into westbrook or cj probably westbrook still yeah of what all he can bring um because I'm assuming the shooting can't get any worse. Um, it can only be the same or slightly better. So I think that makes me go hard in Westbrook. I don't know if, if we got into the team situations. I don't know if I changed my mind or not. But I think that's where I'm at. Yeah, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Like to yeah, think about that. Like is. talk about that like five years ago. And like, Ew. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not even close. I, I don't, this one is just weird. But I threw it out here. Wiggins and Towns or Turner and Sabonis? Can I just say Carl Anthony Towns? <laughs> <laughs> no, you have um, to have Wiggins there. I have to that, drag Wiggins along. Yeah, that's the, the, this, that's the whole crux of the <laughs> argument um, there is that whatever Towns, like you're attached with Wiggins. Do I have to re-sign Sabonis? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, can I not play the... Uh, no, I'll go Wiggins-Towns. I'm just going to take Sherrod, the best player, and Towns is the best player, like, head and shoulders above any of these guys. Yeah. Like, that's just the end of it. Like, he's so good. Yeah. I got to believe if, if I got with Carl Anthony Towns, like, we could help, like, get him the right pieces, the right scheme, the right tools to make him, like, the god he is. Yeah. It's just kind of funny because, like, I, just making you take Wiggins is just yeah. kind of, like, fun. Yeah. That's not good. Now we're going to talk about some executives, and then we're going to talk about some coaches to end it. Uh, so here's my first executive, Daryl Morey or Sam Presti. If I'm the coach, I want Sam Presti. Cause that dude is just going to keep me like, no matter what, um, <laughs> no matter what happens, uh, like I have job security. <laughs> um, what happened out there tonight, if, Matt? Oh, I, don't, 
I guess I don't know. Spot and bounce our way. <laughs> All <Okay>. right. Um, <laughs> Have a good I think night. if I was just like a front office like executive though, I think I'd lean Maury, mm. just because I'd rather go make the move. Yeah. And you know, work with it, and then I don't trade James Harden. Um, <laughs> uh, you yeah. get James Harden in you that deal. Get him. Uh, I think it's just kind of interesting. Both these guys have been kind of wheelers and dealers yeah. in the past, and I don't know. Uh, one's kind of like representative of like Moneyball, and other ones like not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how culture else. and yeah, all that traditional, like stuff. very Spurs esque. Um, again, bringing up your Boston Celtics here, Danny Ainge or Pat Riley. So I I liked this one just before he said it. Um, what has Pat Riley done in the last ten years exactly? LeBron James is the only thing. Did Pat Riley do anything in the last 10 years? Or did <laughs> Dwayne Wade bring in LeBron James? Um, yeah, I don't really give Pat Riley credit for that. Right. Um, I'm just kind of, like, if LeBron wanted to go to Milwaukee, LeBron would go to Milwaukee. Right. If right. LeBron wanted to go to Miami, LeBron's going to go to Miami. Like, he's just doing whatever he wants. Essentially, and you say Wade yes. brought him a contract and said, like, sign here. Yeah, like... Hey, dude, let's do this. And then, like, oh, we got Chris Bosh. Okay, because LeBron told you to. Like, what did you do? And then I've seen them without LeBron the last, like, five years. You can say, like, the fact that they stayed relatively afloat post-LeBron is credit to them. I see a bunch of awful deals. Yeah. <laughs> um, I see a bunch of James Johnson, Kelly Olenek type of deals. Whereas Danny Ainge, not saying he's played it perfectly either because he has botched all these big trade potentials. Um, ended up with Kimba and Tatum, which is nice, but like not great. Um, Alleen Ainge, just because he hasn't screwed up the deals he's actually made. So, I yeah, we'll leave it at that. I don't want to get into it more. I, ju- I just thought it would be interesting just to see how how stirred up I could get you. Uh, Doc Rivers or Rick Carlisle? As my coach, Doc Rivers. Oh, yeah. not even, not even has. I thought there would be a legit conversation here. Both won NBA championships. Yeah, and this this is not a Boston thing either. Um, Rick Carlisle, what have you done in the last five years? Um, <laughs> again, it's kind of more like doing wrong. Rick Carlisle has done a lot in his career. Right, he truly has. The fact that he can make you know Devin Harris look like an NBA player anymore is incredible. It does. But, it does like. I just wonder, does Devin Harris have some serious dirt on Rick Carlisle? Like, I know, it- like, why does he keep getting deals? Um, but, like, to me, was Luca happening because Rick Carlisle helped it or because Rick Carlisle's just like, yeah, what else are we going to do? Right. Like, like, if anything, could Luca have been better? Um, and potentially, yes, but oh, he had a great rookie year. But to me, that really didn't seem like it was mm, because of Rick Carlisle. Yeah. Whereas Doc Rivers... I don't know if SGA has the year he has without Doc Rivers. Like, I, mean, I don't think is S- Rajon Rondo the same without yeah, Doc Rivers? Like Doc Rivers seems to make his young guys better, and he seems to be able to work with star players. Like Rick Carlisle worked with Dirk, right? But because Dirk was Ma- Dallas, Dirk was Dallas, and Dallas was Dirk. Right. Like that was the beginning and end of the story there. Like Rick Carlisle just had to not screw up that relationship, <laughs> right? And then. Yes, he had a collection of good pieces. Like, he got a lot out of Kid and all those guys, Marion and whatnot. But, like, that was how long ago now? 2011. So, like... Eight years. What what has he done recently that's made me think he can work with star players, he can develop young players, and he get get the most out of valued contracts. Outside of the point guard position, nothing. Yeah. And so, I'm going to go, Doc, just because I've seen it maybe not cohesively all the time, but I've seen it enough to be like, there is something real here that I can still work with in today's NBA. Yeah, I like that. Doc Rivers, I would go Doc Rivers too. Um, and just because, like, if anything hits the fan, like crap hits the fan, Doc Rivers, I think, is your go-to guy. Like, he's just been around yeah. the league long enough to know how to handle certain situations. And, man, getting the Warriors to, what, like, six games with, like, no real superstar? Yeah. Like, that might be one of his best accomplishments ever. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I don't know if this is as interesting as when I wrote it down, but Mike D'Antoni or David Fisdale? I don't know D'Antoni. I'd rather have D'Antoni and his crap than <laughs> David Fisdale, who I think just is crap, like, as a coach. So, uh, I mean, like, 
What? Just going right after the Knicks. I like, love it. I mean, he may be a great guy. I, I have no idea. Seems like it, but he was in Memphis. He won 50 out of his 101 games, so 15-51 in a year plus of Memphis, and then 17-65 last year with the Knicks. I don't know if I saw any real development from the Knicks last year. Yeah. I don't know who was supposed to develop on some level, but it's the same time, like, show me something right. there. Um, same thing in Memphis. Don't feel great about really anything he did there either. Um, so I'm not sure if he's a good head coach. I think he's a great assistant coach, but you can blame the situation, but I just, I don't know if there's anything real in what he's done success-wise. Even that year in Memphis where he went 40, um, won 43 games, is that because of you still had the Gasol Conley thing? Yeah. Or was that because like you were a good coach? To me, that would seem, still seemed like a fairly down year for Memphis in terms of like what they had been. So I'm going to say like that wasn't him. That was a Memphis thing um, more than a Fisdale thing. Otherwise, he has shown me nothing. So I'll take D'Antoni and his willingness to play small ball. I've been a big small ball believer for a long time. I'm glad someone finally just said, we're doing this all the time. I'll, I'll take the innovation. All right. So I'm going to flip this on you. D'Antoni or your boy, Brad Stevens? Uh... I'm, I think Stevens, but it's not by a lot. Yeah. It's like 58-42 in my mind. And the reason being, he does, he does the position listing, which I appreciate. I think he gets a little more out of his bigs creatively than D'Antoni does. I don't think he's ever had the quality of star D'Antoni's had. Yeah. I mean, he's like never... Kyrie's close, right? But then you get in all the trash with Kyrie, right? So like, it's hard to then measure the two, right? Yeah, I mean, like I, James Harden is straight up better than Kyrie. Like that's not even a conversation. Yeah. Um, and like I just think it's interesting. Like, D'Antoni, while so successful in the regular season, has never really done it in the postseason. And I think that was kind of my idea behind putting him on here. It's like. Man, you could have a great regular season, but what are you going to get yeah. out of the postseason? And maybe some of it's not his fault. Yeah. The fact that he doesn't have more than six players he can play in a playoff game. Right. But, like, make the best you can out of it. Right. So, I like, there, there's real legit concern there, and I very much understand that. But I, the, he is so innovative and good as a coach. Yeah. I, I really like his style. Yeah. Um, last one here. I think this one's... Tough. At least for me, it is. Phil Jackson or Greg Popovich? As a coach? As a coach. Okay, not GM. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not no, president no, 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 of no, basketball no, no, operations. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, man, Phil Jackson was gifted the great players, right? See, that's like, what I'm kind of leaning to is like Greg Popovich turned, I mean, a kid like Tim Duncan, while like very talented. Was Tim Duncan ever going to be the full-blown Tim Duncan without Greg Popovich? Probably not. Probably not. I bet he was going to be really, really, really good. Right. But I don't know if he's ever everything. Also, the development of Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili. Um, Ginobili. Uh, <laughs> like, that, that was special. Because those guys were late first or second round draft picks. Like, he made something out of a whole bunch of nothing. Now, yes, he did get to start with um, the Admiral, uh, David Robinson, and Tim Duncan. That is a blessing for sure. But Admiral was on his way out. Yeah. And Tim was on his way in. So, like, there was, like, some very real adjustments. Changing of the guard. Yeah. So, there's some very real development and everything that went on there. So... I think Pop is the better coach. Obviously, Jackson has rings. Yeah. Pop has rings too, though. And I think he's done a lot more with a lot less. I lean definitely Greg Popovich here. And, like, I, I think, like, as much credit as Phil Jackson gets for installing the triangle in Chicago and eventually yeah. doing it in L.A. with Kobe, like, I don't think Popovich has ever had the caliber of player as Michael Jordan. Or, I mean, like, oh, he obviously. definitely hasn't. Or even Kobe Bryant. 
Yeah. Like, I think the conversation can be kind of close between Kobe and Tim Duncan. I don't think Tim will ever get the respect. Right. Like, he fully deserves in that conversation. I think it's actually really close um, in that conversation. But yeah. you're right. Then, But the fact that that's his best and that's Phil Jackson's second best right. guy, like, yeah, that, that shows the pretty clear gap. And then even then, who's the second best guy Greg's had, like, in his prime? Like, yikes. Yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> and then you're just like... I mean, is it Kawhi? And then, yeah, and then you get into, for, for Phil, you could, like, prime Pow or Pippin. Right. So, Pippin, in that case. And, yeah, significantly better than what Kawhi's proven so far. Although Kawhi could end up doing it, but we don't Also, know Pop turned Kawhi into what Kawhi is. Yes, Kawhi was not Kawhi. Um, probably without Pop. So, good or bad? Yeah, good or bad. Talk or no talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't yeah, I just think that's interesting. Interesting, some interesting mind exercises that's here. That's good. I, I don't, I don't know if I think some of them are a little bit more clear cut, and I think they should be because, like, I don't know, De'Aaron Fox and Jamal Murray. I think one is better than the other. Yeah, straight but, up, that's cool. Um, some of them are a little bit closer. Matt, I hope this was fun for you. My brain hurts. Does it? Yes. There's a lot of thinking. That is a lot of thinking. I didn't expect that. Normally, like, I normally whenever I do this, like, I don't know. <laughs> it never goes as well as I plan. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for li- listening to episode 50. 50 episodes of this podcast. 50. How do we even do this? Over a lot of patience. Yeah. And, uh, and thankfulness about our viewers, or not viewers, listeners. Yeah. For coming back every week and make us be like, you know what? Sure, let's do another one. <laughs> let's, let's get back on the bicycle after falling off. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for listening. And like I said, uh, give us a rating on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, we greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much. And we'll see you back for episode 51. Yeah.